Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Supply Chain Radio. I'm Boris Felagandrea, and today you're listening to the third and last part of an interview I conducted with Mick Jones, who held senior-level supply chain executive positions at Lenovo, the largest PC maker in the world. During this part of the interview, Mick and I go deep on a number of topics related to the future of supply chain management. So we will dive into a number of different topics such as 3D printing, the Internet of Things, robots, Uber and shipping apps and other disruptive new business models, the autonomous supply chain, the role of data and what Mick calls a confluence of trends that will dramatically change the world of supply chain management as we know it. And this is all going to happen in the next five years. So without further ado, here's Mick's take on the first big topic, robots. Well, robotics are virtually almost there, aren't they? There's an almost an exponential growth in the number of robots that are being bought to do industrial processes. And you can see already robots becoming sort of, they're not really natural members of the household, but they will be pretty soon. I think that robotics in manufacturing is the next big wave. They're just getting to the point where they are an affordable part of a manufacturing process and manufacturing itself you know the, you can see around the world that the price of labor China's a great example where you've got a, a relatively mature manufacturing environment now the price of labor is going up and up and up and it's making the advent this sort of applicability the cost affordability of robotics fairly simple I think the interesting thing in robotics is two things I think that the new skills that we're going to need to bring into supply chain to manage that and I think the interaction between robots and, and humans. I totally agree with Mick here. I think the intersection of manufacturing, supply chain and logistics will be an area that will be dramatically changed by the rise of robots and this will happen sooner rather than later. I think another technology that has a potential to change everything is 3D printing. Here's Mick's take on that. Well, firstly, you can see that 3D printing is going to have an impact because you've already got, I think, every single American warship has a 3D printer room based on it and can print some parts. I think you only have to look at the likes of UPS where they're building 3D printing facilities at the end of their runways. I think 3D printing will have an immediate impact when it's able to do multi-material printing, an immediate impact on the spare parts networks. And you can almost imagine a spare parts network that virtually disappears based on the fact that you can print anything anywhere. You know, you imagine something goes wrong with your computer and then the manufacturer of the computer doesn't send you a spare part. It sends you a Q code or it sends you a bit of data and you then take that into the local spare part printing person and they print your product out. They print your spare part out and fit it. And then you've got to think about how you make things, how you design for that process as well. So the way that we make machines will be different. The items will be slightly different as well. But I think that will have a dramatic effect on supply chain. It'll be a very, very new warehousing and inventory set of models that move into supply chain. Some of Mick's more futuristic predictions about supply chain had to do with the Internet of Things and how that technology will eventually lead to autonomous supply chains. Here's how Mick describes that vision. It's a little bit sort of um, science fiction, maybe. But, you know, this whole concept of the machines deciding where they need to move stuff to, what they need to make, where they need to hold it and in what format you can move across the sort of Internet of Things where the thing that's moving along your network, instead of you having an external visibility system that's pinging against something, it, it's holding the data and looking for that thing in the supply chain, the thing in the supply chain knows where it is, knows where it's come from and knows where it's going to go to. And if it doesn't meet a specific milestone, 
it corrects itself based on the machine, based on the ecosystem and its own understanding of where it is. You know, I think that's the stuff that's going to happen quite rapidly, quite quickly in supply chain. An ecosystem which sort of feeds itself and teaches itself and delivers the things that we need before we even know we need them. And those consumer needs that Mick is referring to here, they themselves will be subject to a lot of change. Mick calls it a confluence of rivers and a big tsunami of change that is about to hit us big time. I think the other thing that you need to think about, the confluence of the rivers that's making this particularly big tsunami then is all of the cultural change and all of the social change that's going on. You know, urban congestion, the vast majority of GDP now is going to sit in cities within the next five years. A population that's getting older and getting richer, so we've got a middle class that's growing and getting older and has all the money. The impact of China, fuel prices, you know, the China wobble we're going through at the moment, the way we're working more from home and the way that healthcare is going to move into the home, geopolitical instability, that, you know, is that something that's always going to happen? And then, you know, Middle East, Africa and India and the rise of those things. And then add to that, this massive wave of consumer democracy that's happening. Consumers expecting what they want, when they want it, how they want it, at the price they want it, in the format they want it. It has to be sustainable, it has to be ethical, and it probably has to be customized for them. So all of that is happening at the same time as these massive digital changes, you know, data, you know, omni-channel, the systems becoming easier, collaborative commerce, robotics, 3D printing, Internet of Things, the sort of mobile economy. All of that is happening at the same time, which I don't think has ever happened before. You've always had massive social change and cultural change that's driven by technology. But this is all happening at the same time. And I think that it has a dramatic effect on supply chain. You know, my vision for the future, you know, supply chain too much in the past has been the place where people go to get data so they can take it away and they can do analytics and create some wonderful things. I think supply chain now needs to sort of start to design itself to become the creative hub of most businesses. And that's going to take new skills, it's going to take new systems, it's going to take new approaches. But supply chain has to be seen as the place that has all the data and is able to analyze and use all the data and create these amazing directions, the amazingly creative directions for organizations to move forwards. You know, the sort of net provider of analytical output, not the net provider of data to the business. And of course, when all of this change will actually happen, the question becomes, how will companies adapt to the change? Here's what Mick predicts. I think you end up with a supply chain society of sort of digital haves and digital have-nots. And those companies that have recognized that data is key to their success... And those supply chains that have recognized that data has become probably as key in a supply chain as the things that you are delivering in the supply chain, as key to the success and as key to the creation of value in the supply chain. I think those are the companies that are set to succeed in the future. I think it's interesting, all of the things we're talking about, they all have the opportunity to completely change the sort of fulfillment model. You know, 3D printing, you'll make stuff and you'll hold stuff in different formats and at different places. You'll probably hold it closer to the point of sale. Internet of Things, the thing itself decides where it needs to be, where it comes from and what it needs to do to correct its path to get to where it needs to be. Robotics 
create an environment where you know you don't need a human involved in the concept of manufacturing anymore there's more productivity it's uh, you know more repeatability they've all got the opportunity to completely change the sort of fulfillment logistics manufacturing process as i say it's going to be a fascinating five years five to ten years and we'll mm-hmm. have this conversation again in five years time when i'm sitting on my <laughs> rocker Rich, uh, retired. Retired. Forget the rich, just retired. I have a feeling that you're going to be joining a hot new upcoming startup, like a logistics app <laughs> that goes through the roof. And, and I'll, and, be, the and old, five years. I'll be the old bloke that sits <laughs> in the office. That's, we tried that before. It didn't that's work. Right. That's right. How about Uber? I mean, tell me about Uber. Are you, I mean, logistics, supply chain, transportation, you got to have an opinion on Uber. What's your view on Uber? I think, again, this whole sort of collaborative commerce, digital disruption by collaborative commerce, it's really interesting. You go and map out a typical parcel carrier set of products and you map out the way that that parcel carrier makes its money and then you map out all of the collaborative commerce, the digital disruptors, whatever you want to call them, the Uber-type organizations that are giving us point solutions for each of those products. A great example, five years ago when we wanted to send a parcel, we'd have rung up UPS. Now when we want to send a parcel, we, we get on an app and we look at Shipper or we look at something of that ilk, and that tells us whether to use UPS or FedEx or a local parcel carrier. So suddenly those organizations have lost their interactivity, their relationship with the outside world via these sort of pinpoint apps. And the pinpoint apps are purely, you know, they're asset free, massively data heavy, asset free. And they create a set of problems for a number of the 3PL organizations because the 3PL organizations then either have to accept that they need to interact with those platforms or they have to find an alternative, create their own, or they have to buy them, you know, just buy them to get rid of them. And I think it's a really interesting environment. You can already see Uber. Uber started off as a taxi company. Now you've got Uber Reach and you've got Uber Cargo. And it's slowly sort of moving up the process. And pretty soon you'll have an Uber type. Well, there already is an Uber type app for full truck movements. There are people already working on an Uber type app for ocean freight movements. Pretty soon you know, maybe two to three years' time, there'll be an Uber app that helps us look at uh, how we move our air freight across the world. Each of those is a more difficult step because of all the security and all the complexity behind them. But I don't think that's ever stopped the development of a piece of technology. It's just slowed it down a little bit. All of this, of course, begs one question. Will we eventually be replaced by machines? I think that there's, as a human, there's still, you know, as a sort of... One, I don't think machines can give leadership. I don't think machines can motivate. I don't think machines can can make those instant decisions about the people they work with and the sort of the emotional aspect of the people they work with. There will end up being a sort of, you know, a hearty collaboration between machines and the people that run the machines. But it is, you know, if you start to think about it, it is a fairly scary process. There was some brilliant work done in America where they said that they reckon that what, I'm sure it was 50% of white-collar jobs could be replaced by robots and automation within the next 20 years. So that all gets back then to... I'll tell you what, the book, which you need to go and read, The Second Curve, Charles Handy, because that really talks about how we then start to use our time. Those are some great final words indeed. What are we going to do with our time when robots take over? In the meantime, if you have any time left, I strongly encourage you to listen in to part one and two 
of my interview with Mick because those two episodes are full of insights that you don't want to miss. And if you don't want to miss any future episodes of Supply Chain Radio, then you should subscribe to the show on iTunes or in Stitcher or wherever you're listening. Until next time, I'm Boris Felgedreher and you've been listening to Supply Chain Radio. <laughs>